Hello, you are listening to Homilies from Newman University Church, founded by St. John Henry Newman and the home of the Notre Dame Newman Center for Faith and Reason. I have my, a vivid memory of the first baptism I performed here at University Church. It was not this past summer when I first got here, but several years ago when I had been visiting Father Bill and he was uh, called away unexpectedly when his brother passed away. And I went from being on vacation to doing a, a week or week and a half of parish duty. And it was daily baptism. It was daily masses and Sunday mass and a few other things, but it also uh, meant doing a baptism on that Sunday that I was here. And as a priest, there are many, many powerful moments in our life and our ministry, but baptisms are both powerful and beautiful. And I'll never forget this tiny child held over the font as I poured the words, poured the water and said, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. There are other powerful moments. There's the claiming the child for Christ by making the sign of the cross on their forehead. There is the, 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 the right where one touches their lips and their ears and to say to be open so that you'll soon hear the word of God and speak it with your own, with your own mouth. There's the anointing with sacred chrism, a precursor of confirmation, which is the sign of the seal of the Holy Spirit on on this baptism. They're powerful, and they're reminiscent of the fullness of what we celebrate in that human experience of water and bathing. And we all have our moments of that experience. We all know the, the glory on a chilly bone cold day of stepping into a hot shower we know that feeling of washing ourselves when we've been out working and and cleansing and getting dirt off i remember as a probably eight or nine year old being at the lake which was just a few houses away from where i grew up and swimming in that kind of murky water and being out probably a little deeper than i should have been and a bit of a Walter Mitty, I'm sure I was playing at being coming, escaping a sunken ship or something, and going up through the dark, because it was a lake, kind of dark water, and seeing the light and doing that final burst to break through and not being there and realizing I had one more pump to go and thinking, oh, I almost died. But of course I, had, I didn't. But there is that sense that water, we know that it gives us life. We know that we're made up mostly of water. We know that it cleanses us, purifies us. But we also know water as a potentially dangerous thing that in which is something in which we might uh, be harmed or die. And all of that is the fullness of the image of baptism. When I was at the University of Portland was the first time I baptized not in a small font like here, but in a giant immersion font where one walked down steps and then turned and went down farther. And the person being baptized, now not a baby but an adult, is beyond waist deep. And as the, as the priest, you, we actually pull them backwards into the water to, to, to really increase that sense of, of what was happening. We had one fellow, um, a rather large man, uh, 
probably 250, 260 pounds, and I'm in the font with him, so water displacement. I was understanding physics for the first time. The water rose high, and when we, I pulled him back, I noticed that in the movement, the water in the font went one way, <laughs> and as he stood up, it went the other way. And at the base of the font on that side was a little trap door that allowed us to get into the inner workings and we had been in there and somebody forgot to lock it and the force of the water coming back blew the trap door open and water went all over our brand new parquet floor that had been down less than two weeks. Um, and so it was this, this massive scene of confusion and this big fellow sputtering as he went down once, twice, three times. And that there is a sense that we have with baptism, it's not just washing, it's that we go down into the death of Christ. We are buried with him underneath that water and then we come up with him resurrected. We come up now having with Christ been, been found worthy been sealed with the Holy Spirit to go forth and to live his presence. In these fonts that are both this way, you go in one way, but you don't leave that way. You cross the waters, just as Israel crossed the Red Sea from slavery to salvation. All of these are the fullness of the image of what we celebrate in baptism. And we baptize because of what we read today. Because Jesus, who though sinless, wanted to give the full expression to our human nature, he received the baptism of repentance from John, who knew he was unworthy. But yet Jesus insisted on this baptism, not because he was sinful, but because he wanted to take on the fullness of our humanity. But we shouldn't be mistaken to think that sin is in somehow part of the fullness of our humanity. It is part of the brokenness of our humanity. And Jesus, though sinless, received the, the baptism of repentance so that we could understand our human brokenness. For the fullness of humanity is Christ. The fullness of humanity is one who does not sin. The fullness of humanity is one who rejects sin, moves beyond it, moves through it for those of us who have sinned, to embrace the fullness of God's gift for us, which is to be children of God. In this second letter, in this letter from the first letter, uh, the reading from the first letter to St. John, we hear this kind of almost cryptic but beautiful uh, description. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ has been begotten by God. So those of us who profess the faith of Christ are begotten by God, children of God, and whoever loves the father that begot him loves the child whom he begets. It is the beginning of the call in this part of uh, this letter from St. John to remind us that our baptism isn't a static thing, but it calls us to something, to be lovers of the children of God, to be as Christ was, to move forward from our baptism, to move through those waters that purify us and cleanse us, to move through our death in Christ, to move into the new life which we have been given so that we can come up resurrected, we can come up blessed by the Holy Spirit, and we can go forth to do as Christ did. And we know that what Christ did sometimes involves human hardship and suffering. We know that, as we hear later, 
that there are three witnesses to, to this baptism of Christ. It's the, it's the witness of the water, it's the witness of the spirit, but it's also the witness of the blood. That Christ went forth to embrace what the fullness of love meant for him, which was to give of his very self, to give his very life, that others might come to know the fullness of who God is and come to embrace the fullness of salvation. Each and every one of us, as children of God, each and every one of us adopted through our baptism and begotten once again in that grace, are called to move through our baptism, to embrace the gift of the Holy Spirit, and to be profoundly men and women of love, of peace, and of hope. Men and women who take the other gifts and talents we've been given and put them at the service and the needs of the needs of others. Put them at the service of God in the sense that we cherish those we encounter, that we willingly give of ourselves that others may have fuller life, that we begin to proclaim the good news in the way that we notice the smallness, the little things, we notice the needs that others might overlook so that someone's life is better. We all know that in these COVID days, in days that this country has once again re-entered a bit of a cocoon, it could be easy to turn in on ourselves, to lick our wounds, to talk about all those things that we don't have, don't get, all those things that would have been happening. And we can do that. That's fine. That's, that's human. But part of what we're called to in this time is to, to be more mindful of the needs of those around us, to notice neighbors who might be isolated, overly isolated, notice young people who are struggling with their mental health issues, notice the person on the street who is not able to get the kind of alms and handouts that they normally get because people aren't around. It behooves us to do what we can to support those agencies and uh, groups that reach out to those most in need. It it, 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 it it's our requirement of our faith to practice the works of charity, especially at these times when they're most needed. It is the expression of our baptism. It's the expression of the baptism of Christ who moved through his own waters into the declaration of being beloved by God, into the empowerment by the Holy Spirit, into the self-sacrifice which brought us our freedom. We want to be children of freedom, children of life. Let us embrace our baptism and let us robustly proclaim the good news of Christ in how we live our life, in how we cherish our neighbor, in how we form the body of Christ.